Welcome back to the Everything Property Podcast. I have again with me Reedham Syed to talk about all things and uh, mortgages in particular. Today's episode is I want to break down principal and interest versus interest only um, home loans, mortgages. You're a mortgage broker. Um, I want to I want to sort of pick pick apart each the pros, the cons. When should I be u- using them? Refinancing, all that sort of implications. So um, our vest investors and our homeowner homeowner audience can start to build their knowledge around both of the both of the loan types when to use each each yep. and all um so welcome to the show yep. pleasure to be here david <laughs> pleasure to be jumping back on all right so just quickly give me a quick breakdown two types of loans principal and interest p and i also referred to as p and i interest only is i and o what are what are both and what are the differences yeah sure so when you obtain a loan you get to choose how you will make repayments for that loan um, so this is how you're going to pay it back over a period of time. You can choose in Australia to go interest only for the initial five-year period of that 30-year loan. Um, some lenders allow 10 years, but generally five-year period over that interest uh, over the 30-year loan. So if you go interest only, you only pay interest. Um, so you don't pay any of the loan back. So if you've got a million-dollar loan in year one, you'll still have a million-dollar loan in year five. You're just simply making repayments on what you owe the bank to have borrowed that money. The bank's, it. you're essentially paying the bank. The interest is what the bank makes, is, is, I mean, in the profit. So exactly. when you do interest only, you're just paying the bank back their profit and you're not reducing that exactly. principal amount. Exactly. Yep. So that sums it up. And principal and interest is the opposite. Your loan starts amortizing, your loan starts getting smaller and smaller from day one. You start paying your loan back. And then after 30 years for a home loan, mm-hmm. if you don't make any um, changes to your loan at all, your loan will be gone. You would have had had it paid off. And talk to me Talk to me a little bit about um, the best times to use each of the loans. So for a property investor, property investor, for example, or for mums and dads um, buying their first homes or maybe for a couple, when should I utilise principal and interest? When should I use sort of like interest only? Yeah, sure. So for home buyers buying their own home, yep. a general rule of thumb there is Almost always, you probably want a P&I loan. Um, the only exception to that is if you're buying a home that you plan on turning into an investment property shortly afterwards or within a few years, then you may want to consider whether you want to go interest only on that because it really is an investment property for the long run and just an o- your own home for a short period of time. So buying a home to live in, yep. general answer is uh, go P&I. Um, only exception to that, uh, is if you are going to you know, use it as a rental property at some point in the future. The key thing to realize here is interest only comes at a cost. It costs significantly more for different types of loans. For owner-occupier loans, the additional premium on the interest rate you pay is big. Um, you know, it can be up to 100 basis points. So if uh, Sorry to cut you off. So if it's a owner-occupier interest only loan? Yes, expensive. Okay. Very expensive. So you, know, you, you can pay... Uh, to be honest, we don't really write owner-occupied interest-only loans mm. anymore. Like no one actually wants them because the premium you have to pay is like a hundred basis points. So um, banks don't want you to take this loan, and they charge you a lot more for the pleasure. So you know you can have a five point eight percent rate or maybe a six point eight percent rate to go and take that interest-only privilege. Most of the time, um, everyone's going to choose the significantly lower interest rate and just pay off the principal. So. Um, for an owner-occupier, that's why it almost always makes sense to do an owner-occupier P&I loan. Um, mm-hmm. We almost exclusively do that. 
And the only times where we do interest only for an owner-occupier is really they're buying an investment property that they're going to live in initially. Okay, maybe they're just doing some stamp duty um, exemptions and stuff like that. And so I guess the opposite is for a property investor, um, new to the property investing game, should I be getting my, you know, I'm buying my first investment, should I get that P&I, should I get that interest only, what do you reckon? Yeah, so this is a good question. I think mm. the general rule of thumb, like if you want to just keep it simple, a lot of people say just go interest only. It's better for you. Um, yep. It reduces your cash flow, which means you can invest money quicker. Increases. Um, it increase. Sorry, yes. Yeah. It reduces your expense level um, that goes out of your bank account. So it increases your cash flow that you have from your investments, making it easier to hold that investment and you know helping you build that deposit up for the next property quicker from just having uh, more cash coming into your bank account every month. So a lot of people say go interest only on your investments. And that, you know, is generally good advice. Um, that's a general rule. Mm-hmm. But it gets a little bit more sophisticated than that. And you've got to be a little bit more strategic about it um, than just simply go interest only um, for an investment property and go P&I for an owner-occupier property. There are nuances to talk about in each of these situations. And for mm-hmm. investors in particular, um, the decision is far less clear as to whether you go interest only or P&I. We can talk about a few reasons why. Yeah, so um, I guess if, 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 I, if I listen to your advice and I go interest only, um, a lot of the people, me included, when I when I first got into property, I thought, oh, that's that's dumb as why would I only pay the interest and not paying down the principal? Yep. But as you know, and you can probably touch on, is that if you've got P and I, if you've got a P and I loan for an investment, if you look at the interest that you, if you look at the amount of money that you need to repay the bank in the first five up to like ten years, you look at the amount of that that is in interest and the amount that's actually in principal. Yep. It's sweet F all in terms of the principle <laughs> that I'm like you, in that first five years, you will pay hardly anything. You might pay uh, 20, depending on the size of loan, you may only pay 20 or 30 grand off the principle, which let's face it, if you're investing and you've, and you've bought somewhere, well, you're going to make far greater gains in the, the capital growth of the property. Right. Yes, yes, what happens right. if? What happens after the five year? What happens after the five year period of an interest only loan? What sh- What should I be doing? Can I go on interest only forever? Do I need a refinance? Or what happens when I get to that five year mark? Yeah. So if if you want to extend your interest only period, that's essentially uh, viewed as a refinance. So you can you can keep your loan as is and extend it, but mm-hmm. you need to meet all the qualifying criteria for a refinance, the paperwork's just different. Um, So either you actually refinance from a different bank and then take your loan back up to 30 years with a new five-year interest-only period, Mm -hmm. or you keep your loan as is and you ask the bank, can I go interest-only for another five years? Um, A lot of banks will say, yes, you can, pending you meet the the qualification, the serviceability criteria of a refinance. So um, from your perspective, you can kind of view it as, hey, do I meet the qualification criteria of a refinance if I want to extend my interest-only period? Um, Or if you even want to swap your loan from principal and interest to interest-only, you actually need to meet all the hurdles that a bank has um, for a refinance application now. So um, they ask all the the same questions. So if I can't can't meet that, then I'm stuck in P&I? Pretty much, yeah. Um, there's hardship arrangements and, you know, there's um, exceptions to, to these rules. Banks mm-hmm. do have, you know, a little bit of wiggle room here. But in general, if you are on a P&I loan and you want to go interest only, banks will do checks on you. Um, some banks do streamline checks. Some banks do full checks. So, uh, you know, it's hard to go from P&I to interest only. It's easy to go from interest only to P&I, though. Um, you know, that's just sign, sign a document yep. or, or even give verbal authority. Wait, hang on. So it's, what, it's easy to go from interest only to P&I? Yes, very easy. 
But it's hard to go from P&I to interest only. Yes, that's very hard to do. Why is that? Wouldn't you, aren't you paying less then? If you're going from... Pre- yeah, your repayments true. are that's decreasing, true. right? Yeah, that's true. Um, so interest-only loans are managed by yep. banks. Um, so they don't give them out as easily. There's yep. a cap on how much they can have and they have to hold more capital for it. So the reason why it's harder to do is banks have rules on giving out interest-only loans while they're incentivized to give out principal and interest loans. Interesting. Okay. And what happens um, for, for anyone out there that maybe I have two or three properties now, they're all interest only. Mm-hmm. In terms of borrowing capacity and um, serviceability, what happens with if they're all on P&I or if they're all on interest only? Is it better to have them all on interest only because I have smaller repayments on each of the loan? Or how does the bank start to assess that? Yeah, great question. Um, so with most lenders and most mainstream lenders here, um, what they'll do is they'll assess you over a shorter loan period. So it's like assuming that you instead of you've got 30 years to pay this loan back, you've got 25 years now because for the first five years, you're not going to have that at all. So because they shorten the loan repayment time on an interest-only loan, you can borrow less by having interest-only arrangements. Um, so that's one big downside. Mm-hmm. If you plan on sticking to mainstream lenders and you're going to stay in this zone, you want to buy a couple of investment properties and um, you're going to s- steer in a safe sort of um, lending area, yep. then uh, interest-only will reduce your borrowing power um, and materially as well. Um, you know, That's a little bit hard to give you quick calcs again. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It will no, but it, the principle is the power. same. Okay, yeah. so interest-only will reduce my borrowing. For mainstream for lenders. For mainstream but if you're if you're going to get super aggressive and you yep. want to map it out, you're strategic and you're like, hey, look, if someone comes to me, hey, read them. My goal here is to build out the maximum portfolio size. Your job is to make it happen. <laughs> if yep. that's the remit. I'm sure you get that all the time. That's the remit. Yeah, we, we do sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I go through an education piece here when someone <laughs> comes here. I need to let them know and make them understand what they, what they don't know. But if they do that, then what you're probably best doing is going interest only on all the mainstream lenders, capping out, get as much money as you can from them. Um, the reason why is because you have more cash flow as a mm-hmm. result. And these non-banks, the aggressive banks, what they do, and the reason why they offer more money is because they use the actual money that you repay every month into their calculator, not some buffered assessed one. Yep. Um, and if you're paying less via an interest only loan, it means you can borrow more with these mainstream lenders, uh, with these non-banks. So total portfolio size will actually increase if you go interest only with mainstream lenders and um, then go to non-banks afterwards. So okay, that's if you want to go to absolute hard and fast and basically. the biggest ever. Yeah. You just got to make sure... It's me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's you. Is that what you've done in, in your portfolio or what, what's sort of to been be your split? Uh, to be honest, I, I have ch- chosen to take, in, um, to take lower cost loans, P&I loans, um, I felt comfortable absorbing that cash flow, so uh, I, I'm quite comfortable going P&I, but um, you know, it's just a healthy balance and mix between the two. Um, but when I first started investing, mm-hmm. um, that was definitely my, my starting point. Go interest only um, with my mainstreams and then g- get as much money as I can from these non-banks. Um, I'm trying to build out the maximum portfolio size. The bigger your portfolio size, investing strategy, you know, that compounds uh, that means you've got a bigger base compounding. So if that's your goal, then go interest only to begin with, um, with these lenders. Um, and then uh, you'll be able to borrow more overall because you'll get more from non-banks. 
Perfect. And I think I'll add as well that if you're, if you do hit that five year mark and you, for whatever reason, you are flicking it back on a principal and interest, you got to remember that in five years, that rent has probably grown sufficiently 10, 20, 30, $40 a, a year. So by the time you get to year five, Mark, instead of getting 500 bucks a week, you could definitely be getting seven, eight, 900 bucks a week. So then you have more income. So there's a, there's definitely a chance. There's some calculations that you, that you'd need to run in terms of if you keep it on interest only and refinance or pro- principal and interest. Yeah. But to sum it up, um, to sum it up, principal and interest is, almost always utilized by home buyers that are buying their PPNR, uh, that buying their PPR. Interest, in o- interest only is almost always utilized by investors. If you're trying to build the biggest portfolio as possible, utilize and lean on to the interest only loan, get as much money from the banks as you can. And then if you need to go into the different tiers of lending, then go for it. Yeah, that's a fairly good summary. I, I would caveat that investor part yep. about um, always go interest only. Um, that uh, is a bit more nuanced because if you don't want to, if you don't want to go to aggressive lenders, then you're going to borrow more um, mm. by being P and I with all the mainstream lenders. So because um, you know, they use the thirty year loan term instead of twenty five. So yep. if you don't want to be too aggressive, then uh, you know maybe P and I is better for you. Um, so that's why it requires a little bit more nuanced thinking for an investor. So you need to ask yourself different questions. And you touched on a really good point there where you yep. talked about rising rents. Um, the reason why you talked about that is because investors who go down this aggressive path, and this is the education piece that we go through, is you best be prepared for not being able to refinance your loans after five years. So run all of your cash flows as if your loan will be P&I over 25 years in five years time. Yep. Be stress tested for that. And then, you know, dial up interest rates if you have to as well. So dial stress test yourself at P&I rates, even if you choose to go interest. For that fifth year onwards? For that fifth year onwards. Okay. Yeah. yeah Cause you're with aggressive lenders now. So like, you know, who's going to lend you money at this point, mm-hmm. but five years is such a long time. My life's changed so many times, you know, in three years, five years, who knows what your situation's going to be. You can make, you know, 20 different changes in that five year period. So it's hard to model that. Out, but you know, just budget the fact that you may not be able to refinance if you start going down into this red territory. Um, mm-hmm. We have a traffic light system. Uh, oh, here business, we go. So yeah. There's a traffic light system. You know, are you in the green mainstream lenders? Yeah. Are you in the orange? These sort of um, second tier ones. And are you in the red? You're going way too far, but you you've built a bigger portfolio. So we like to give people a, a little snapshot as to where they are at. Perfect traffic light system. I like that one. All right. And do you have to finish us off? a golden nugget or one piece of information that you want to share with the audience um, that potentially they can take away from today that's going to be valuable for them? That's putting me on the spot there. Um, uh, yeah, the golden nugget, if you're a homeowner, P&I loan, investor, think about it strategically. Don't just go interest only. Ask yourself these questions. And if you do go interest only and you want to get aggressive, best prepare yourself to... Um, not meet refinancing criteria over time. Um, that's that's what I kind of want to say. Like, I'm not an advocate of just going interest only for the sake of it. And there's one thing that we actually haven't touched on as well. Um, interest only is far less exciting with interest rates at 6%. Interest only used to be awesome when interest rates were 2% because um, the total repayment, mm. you know, interest used to make up 40% of it. Um, so you'd make a bulky principal repayment so you can reduce your, your repayment a lot. Um, you can... Re- as a number, if you had a million dollar loan um, with 2% interest rates, you can reduce your repayment by over 50% by going interest only. Like, yep. um, while today at 6% or 7%, you only reduce your repayment by about 20%. So wow. you don't reduce your repayment nearly as much 
by going interest only in high interest rate settings. So it's far less valuable than it once was. Very interesting point to touch and end on. Um, I think we can. I think we can end on that point. I'm really confident now, and I have uh, a full. Or I have a better understanding than starting this podcast. I hope everyone that's listening too. But read them from Confidence Finance. Appreciate you coming on. If anyone wants to get in touch, I will drop your details um, and your contact details in the show notes. So make sure you head over. Um, also, he's quite active on LinkedIn. So if you can look him up on LinkedIn and um, follow his content and listen to his podcast as well. Uh, read them. Thanks for coming on the Everything Property Podcast. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, David.